I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everyone and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. Praise God. I'm David Weeder. This is my wife, Lynn Weeder. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about the Word. Let's talk about financial prosperity and being exempt from the laws of sin and death that govern poverty, lack, financial disaster, economic downturns, and all that kind of stuff. And let's find out how the Lord designed for you and for me to walk exempt and exclusive from those laws of lack. What do you say? Think so? All right, so grab that coffee, grab your Bible, grab your notebook, come on in here. We're going to start with a word of prayer and then we're going to dive right into the scriptures today. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to share your word. I'm asking you, sir, think through my mind, speak through my lips. The principles, the oracles, the laws that govern faith, that govern financial exclusivity from the lack and the chaos and the, the poverty that we see in this world system that has been orchestrated, designed, and implemented by Satan through the laws of sin and death. Thank you so much, sir, for sending your son to exempt us from sickness, disease, poverty, lack, and disaster. And thank you for giving us the user's manual of life to know how to do it. And thank you, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, the teacher of the church, teaching through us, in us, teaching us. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to every individual in the sound of my voice what he would have for them that change their lives forever. I thank you, sir, for it. We give you the honor and the praise for it in the mighty, matchless name above every name that's named the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Hey, you're looking pretty good today. Not too shabby at all. It's a pretty big week. <laughs> it is a big week. Glory to God. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Wow. What a, what a, I mean, you know, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. But it is so wonderful to live in a place where it is officially Set aside as a day of thanksgiving to our Creator for all of the good, the bounty that He has provided for us. Well, it's a week that we focus on all of the good things that have been happening in your life. Yeah. And to give voice to it. That's right. To, <laughs> to say it. To say it. That's what we're talking about. Uh, again, this week on this broadcast is the 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 saying. You there's, you know, it's one thing to say something, 
but there's another thing to hold fast to what you say no matter. Come, well, like the old things it says, come hell or high water, it's not going to move me. I will say the same thing. And it's what the Word says. That's how you frame your world. The, the, you know, the Amplified Classic version of Hebrews chapter 11 says through the successive ages, it continually frames if you don't change what you're saying and if you're saying what the Word says and if you mix it with faith. Now, I'm going to back up what I just said. So turn with me. Let's start in Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to be we're going to be kind of roaming around Hebrews here a little bit. It's such a powerful book anyway on covenant. My 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 my. Let's look at um, Hebrews chapter 4 and we're going to start in verse 12. For the Word of God, well, there we are, right off the bat. <laughs> the Word of God is quick. It's a, that's the old English term for alive. Now, you, you know that term. If you're talking about like a fingernail or something and you tear it down into the quick, woo, you know it's alive quick. Hmm. You get that? Anyway. <clears throat> Dad joke. <laughs> Dad joke, that's right. <laughs> the Word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? His, the word, His, manifest in His sight. Well, remember John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now, that word, Profession in the King James is actually confession, what you say, you know. So now let's turn over a couple chapters to the right and let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession or confession of our faith without wavering. He is faithful, for he is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, I want to draw your attention to two different things. One, the confession of our faith. We're going to see that, why that's so important here in a minute. Two, he is faithful. And we're going to see that in a minute here too. Back up with me now. I should have had you hold your place there. Forgive me. Hmm. Go back to Hebrews chapter 4. 
I cheated, had a little turny thingy. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Well, we'll just start in verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left uh, as of entering into his rest, and of and eh, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, now listen to this, unto us was the gospel, the word was preached. Unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But, but, the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They were told, I've given you the land. Go take it. But they didn't believe it. They had the word. They heard the word. They knew what he said, but they didn't mix any faith with it. So it didn't, it didn't result in the promised land. Right because then. if it was mixed with faith, they would have taken corresponding action, action and gone in without, and they may have said, okay, how do you want us to go in? Which city do you want us to hit first? Yeah. Those aren't lacking faith. That's looking for the corresponding action he wants you to take. Right. Now, now so we've got to hold fast our confession, our words of faith. Okay? You've got to hold on to them. Now, the faith, as long as they're faith words, faith is mixed with them, they will profit. You turn that around. They, it didn't profit them not being mixed with faith. Turn that around. It will profit being mixed with faith. It will produce. Because the Old Testament talks about them murmuring. Yeah. That murmuring was them spreading that doubt word. They were whining and complaining is what they were doing. <laughs> and I mean, they didn't have all of the social media. Oh, dear Lord. But gossiping and word to word. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear how big the people were there? Oh, my goodness, there's no way we can go in. Mm -hmm. And that word to word, them speaking it over and over, negated any of that faith that somebody might have had this little tiny mustard seed, but they put the wrong words with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in his day of mm. social media, Satan's never had it so easy. Used to, he had to have a giant come mm. out on the edge of the battlefield morning and night and speak words of doubt, defeat, and disaster for people to hear it. Well, now it's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's on the internet, it's on your app, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, it's on... It, it, if he puts it out once, people then go around and share it and amplify that voice. And remember the law. Faith comes by hearing Hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing by the lies of the devil. Now, let's narrow that field down a little bit. Faith for finances comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as it pertains to finances. What the word has to say about finances. Mm -hmm. Poverty and lack come by hearing and hearing the lies of the devil that you are subject to what's going on around you and the laws, the, the laws of sin and death that produce poverty and lack in the world system. 
So don't be listening to that. And that don't be listening to that isn't just on the news. Oh my gosh, we've had an economic downturn. But it's when God gives you an idea for a product or a service that can produce prosperity in your life and you share it with friends and family and they go, oh my goodness, you, you know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or when you're thinking about that and Satan comes and flies by and puts that little doubt in there and you, as you're thinking about projects and things, pay attention because you'll be sitting there and go, man, I just don't see how I can do that. You say it out your mouth hmm. instead of, God gave me this. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. Well, that's what David did. He, he refused to listen to the words that were being spoke, the word says night and day, um, of doubt and unbelief. Matter of fact, you look at the longest chapter in the entire Bible, Psalm 119, and it's every verse, oh, thy word, thy word. Thy word. That's what David listened to. But it wasn't good enough just to listen to it. David had to put it in his mouth. When it was time to go up to the giant, when it was time to cut his head off, he put the words in his mouth. They came out his mouth. I come at you in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Lord God of hosts. And this day I will take your head off your shoulders. And he had those extra voices that I was just talking about. He told his brothers, Mm -hmm. somebody should do something about this. And his brother's like, you proud little mm-hmm. whatever. He had Goliath telling him he couldn't do it. He had his brothers telling him he couldn't do it. And he had the king telling him like, look, man, <laughs> I, say, I appreciate I appreciate your thought, but you can't go up against this guy. He's a professional warrior. Right. But no, he had the word of God. And he held fast to his, to his words and his confessions. And he said, I, the lion came, the bear came, and this uncircumcised Philistine's not going to turn out any better than them. I killed them all. He's as good as dead. Now, why can we in our covenant, why should we hold fast that confession? Well, the answer is found one chapter earlier in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or our confession of faith, as we just found out. Christ Jesus. Remember, I told you to hold on to that faithful part in in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Who was faithful to him that appointed him? Jesus is the apostle and high priest. He was sent forth as the high priest to see to it that the words of faith with which to which you hold fast to come to pass. Jesus' personal calling is to see to it that those words of faith that you are holding fast to will come to pass in the reality of your life. Glory to God. They will, in the instance that specifically that we're looking at, financial exemption, they will make sure that you don't have to be subject to all the poverty and lack that's around you, and they will ensure that you partake of the covenant rights and privileges of a tither and a sower 
Those are vital parts. We haven't, we haven't looked at those yet, but those are parts of the law of exemption where finances are concerned. You hold fast to your words, you tithe, you sow, and you harvest. Most people, most, most Christians are big on tithing and sowing, but they don't, I mean, they say tithe, they say sowing and reaping, but they're not, they don't hardly ever talk about reaping. Mm-hmm. They're just, oh, we got to sow, we got to sow, we got to sow. Well, you got to reap. Well, and even in the David and Goliath example, David asked, so what do I get if I get <laughs> right. And he got a wife, a nice wife, the king's daughter, uh-huh. and his entire family was exempt from taxes. You know, that goes, he was a man of faith. Yeah. Well, what do you have to believe about God to please him? He's the rewarder. That he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. David's like, mm-hmm. Ah, you know, what, I'm, 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 I'm God's man right here. I'm doing God's business. What do I get? <laughs> and it wasn't greed. It was pleasing God. And there's something to just put in your, in your jaw and chaw around on it a little bit. David's first question was, what do I get for killing this guy that's coming out against God's people? It wasn't greed. He was pleasing God because he believed he he was getting a reward. He's doing God's work. He's on assignment. He's operating in faith. There's a reward coming. Don't muzzle the oxen. That's right. That's right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hold fast. Hold fast your confession. Um, You know, God operated this way. When Adam and Eve did what they did, he said, there's one coming. Now, it was 2,000, 4,000 years later before Bethlehem. But he spoke it to set it in action. He spoke it, he said it, and he never changed his words. He framed the world. He held fast and heaven and earth changed. The prophet, the prophet Ezekiel said the... Uh, um, there would be one born in Bethlehem. 715 years later, all of a sudden, Herod had the bright idea <laughs> that everybody had to go to where they were from to pay their taxes. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Glory to God. Faith-filled words held fast to dominate the laws of sin and death and frame your world to line up with the desire in God's heart. Glory to God. That's how the system works, my brother and sister. You got to, but you got to work the system. Mm. You got to work the system. You know, it reminds me, you know, there's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. Don't let them fool you and, and convince you that COVID is a novel virus. They, they may not have encountered it before, but I'll tell, you one play, I'll tell you one time it was on the earth, and that was when it was on Jesus' body when he hung on the cross and bore it for you. If it wasn't on the earth any other time, it was there supernaturally because sickness, every sickness and every disease was supernaturally placed on Jesus' body. But, but the scenario happened in 1957, and the incident that I'm thinking about happened with Brother Hagin. And uh, such a wonderful illustration. And he was in the Los Angeles area, West Covina, I believe. 
preaching at a full gospel church there, wonderful services, and the Asian flu epidemic hit in the fall of 1957. And all of a sudden, that thing hit, and his nighttime services went down to about 40 or less. Matter of fact, he said he was sitting on a platform in his nighttime service, and he counted. He said he counted everybody he could see, he had kids and everything, you know, and it was 40 people. Well, he'd been running more than that just in the, in the, morning, the morning services. the morning went down to like six. The morning went down to six people. Including himself. Including himself. There was Brother Hagen. There was the host pastor of the church where he was preaching. There were two visiting guest pastors and then there were two people that came and attended the, mm -hmm. the service. And again, the L.A. Times headlines, Brother Hagin said that the, the L.A. Times headlines said two million people just in the L.A. area out with the flu, the Asian flu. They said there was two, he said there was two high schools there in, uh, in the town where he was preaching. And one squad, they had to cancel their Friday night game because one squad had nobody show up to practice. One squad had two people show up to practice because everybody was out with the flu. And it wasn't because they were just staying home because they were afraid of it. They were sick with it. Yeah, the, the football teams, yeah. yeah. And then he said he was talking about those six people that showed up. He said, you know, people were either afraid they were going to yeah. get it or they were sick with it. Mm -hmm. Well, what are we seeing? What have we been seeing for two years? People either afraid they're going to get this thing or they're sick with it. So anyway... <laughs> Brother Hagin, now he's been preaching for days and days and days on faith and the word and the power of faith. And so he's down <clears throat> after service. The two people who had came to attend the service had, had gone. So now it's just the four of them. It's him, the host pastor, and the two guest pastors. Now the guest pastors, they had just came, you know, as guest pastors. They hadn't been listening to him teach, or he said they wouldn't have asked such a stupid question. <laughs> but they're because they're so they're all gathered around, and of course they're doing like everybody's doing nowadays. They're talking about, talking about the flu, talking about the flu. How many of your people are out? How many of you know your people are out? And how bad it is, and you know, and all this stuff. Oh, brother Hagin just standing there, he's not saying a word. He's just not saying a word. So finally, these two, one of these two guests. Uh, pastors, they didn't know any better. They turned to him and said, Brother Hagin, um, aren't you afraid you're going to catch the flu? He said, no, sir. Matter of fact, I don't mind telling you, I will never have the Asian flu. Okay, so that was bad enough that these guest pastors, I mean, they hadn't been hearing him teach every day. But then the host pastor, <laughs> who'd been listening to him teach on the faith and uh, faith and the word for days upon days upon days. I think they were in the second week at that point. I think they were. But anyway, this host pastor gets up close to him and it whispers in his ear, whispers. He didn't want the devil to hear what he was saying. Whispers, he said, oh, Brother Hagin, I wouldn't say that for anything in the world. A full gospel. Pastor, listening to Brother Hagin preach faith. I wouldn't say that for anything in the world. <laughs> Brother Hagin shouted, why? <laughs> and he said the guy got even closer. Full gospel, pastor, healing, believing, baptizing the Holy Ghost, pastor. Whispered in his ear again, don't you know the devil might hear you? 
Oh, good Lord. More faith in what, because what he was saying was, the devil might put that on you if you, if you challenge you, him. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. More faith in what the devil can do and his power. Than what Jesus did. Than what Jesus did. What a sad indictment. Now, now look, now, you know, like Brother Hagin said, it's not destructive con- criticism. Nobody, nobody in the sound of my voice, I don't even know who they were. I, I have no idea who these people were. But it's a perfect illustration. And uh, so this guy said, don't, you know, don't you know the devil might hear you? Brother Hagin just hollered, yeah, I said it for his benefit. He's exactly the dude I want to hear this. He's, what's he doing? He's holding fast his confession of faith. That's what he believed. Jesus bought and paid for his healing and divine health and protection from that Asian flu 2,000 years ago. He believes it. He lives it. He puts words to it, and he holds fast that confession. You can do that with finances. You can do that with health. But look, I mean, that's how the entire kingdom of God works. You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. You confess it. That's what confession means is you say it with your mouth. The whole, like like Lynn just said just a moment ago, finances, health, healing, the whole kingdom of God works that way beginning with getting into the kingdom of God, the very beginning, your being born again and your new spirit being, your spirit being recreated works just that way. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to talk to you more about that in just a moment. I want to read you something out of Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 12 says, in whom We have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Talking about Jesus. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory for this cause. I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Today, I want to invite you to become part of the family with all of the family rights and privileges. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's right here in Romans chapter 10. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is that easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. He went through hell to provide it for you. But it's that easy for us. Come join the family today. Just say this. Father, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And right now I make confession with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. Take my life, sir, and do something with it.
It's that easy. In the name of Jesus, you have just been named. With the name of God, welcome to the family. Thank you, partners and friends, for making these broadcasts possible. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380. Thank you.